I'm Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join me is Michael Ashley. He's owner and creative content specialist with Ink Wordsmith. He's also a former Disney Story consultant. He's also a screenwriting professor at Chapman, and he's um, actually written over 20 books, which is unbelievable. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? Good, good. I... You've got a really interesting background. I'm thinking, how did he crank out 20 books? That's so impressive. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I guess the way that I did it is when I was first beginning as a writer, I had a day job where I had to work from 8 to 5 every day and then write from 5.30 to 9.30 at night. Ah. So I got used to writing a lot. I did that for five years straight. I wrote on the weekends and I got used to writing very fast. You know what? And then it's like anything. It's like brushing your teeth. Once you get this ingrained habit, it's something that's just part of your life, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess that it's the, uh, the, the expediency, the necessary uh, element in my life to have to, to write fast like that. I'll give you another example. I used to work as a reader for Creative Artists Agency. Oh, yeah. So my job was to give coverage on screenplays and manuscripts. And the more that I did, the more I got paid. And so I just got, I made my own system. And so I was, at one day, I actually did 11 in one day. If, if my Whoa. Sense. But I did it. Um, so I just got used to it. It became, it became my, like you said, a habit for me. Yeah. And I was able to do it that way. Before we get into your role at Chapman, um, maybe you could give some advice for people that are in a funk right now because we're going through COVID. So many people have lost their jobs they're looking for work. Maybe they're thinking they want to work, you know, doing something else. But what, what do you do or what kind of advice would you give to people to keep positive right now? To keep positive? Um, well, the number one thing I would say is try to do meditation. Mm. I think that it's, that was the thing that changed my whole life. Um, because you go from being in a reactive mode to stepping back. And those problems that feel impossible they, suddenly you get insights. And by the way, it even happens to me now. There are things that come up that occur right now because we're dealing with COVID. And um, I feel like, God, how am I going to solve this? Exactly. Um, and, I, and I have to remind myself to take a step back. Yeah. Because when, you, when you're in that reactive mode, you inhibit your ability to be creative in the sense to come up with solutions about what you need to do. But mm -hmm. if you do give yourself the time to step back, your subconscious does that work for you yeah. and, and begins to problem solve. That's the number one thing I've learned. Yeah. yeah. I actually did something yesterday because um, years ago I had this uh, job. It was with college pro painters and I was 20 and I wanted to do something totally different. So I painted houses for the summer. Mm -hmm. And I bring this up because yesterday was like one of the first Sundays where I didn't get on the computer, you know, didn't really get on my phone and I spent five hours painting this old dingy room in my house and I felt so much better. And it was like, I kind of worked out some things, some issues that I was thinking about and it's just makes you step away from what you're stressing about and definitely painting because you're just, you know, using your arms and thinking and trying to cover everything, but it's relaxing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have something like that that you do besides meditation? Uh, yeah, I would say reading is a, is a big one for me. Um, before the whole COVID thing, I, I really liked to do a hot yoga 
Mm. Um, my gym shut down for the second time, so I can't really do that. But hot yoga yeah. is definitely something that, that I like to do. Also bike riding. That's excellent. Yeah. yeah. Got to get out there. And I, maybe this is just my own personality and maybe this answers your question. But to me, the, uh, when things really stack up and I feel, start to feel stressed, the only thing I can do is just actually go at the problem. So for instance, um, if, I having a, if I'm having a writing problem or a, a challenge, then I just, I redouble my efforts. And no matter what, I just sit there until I get it done. I was working on a book one time and there was a really difficult section. I had to figure, it was a science fiction book and it required a lot of world building and it required really thinking through an entire uh, universe of ideas to make all of this stuff work. And I remember I just sat there in, in that chair for 10 hours and didn't go wow. anywhere um, until <laughs> I was done with it. So I don't know if people, if that's, if that's. I like, wouldn't have done that. I would have bailed. I like, I got to do something else. So that, that's, that's, that's the, I just do it until I, I get it done, I guess. But in the chair. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's really my philosophy about writing too, which is I know that people can feel overwhelmed and I know what procrastination is like, but I just force myself to do it. Yeah. That's cool. How do you think you get that turning point? Like that, that light bulb, that click of knowing where to go next if you are stuck? Um, well, this kind of fits with that too, but um you don't have to necessarily literally be in that seat. Okay. Um, but so long as you put yourself in a place where you can get those insights, that, then that works too. So for instance, uh, I, I really am a big proponent, again, of the subconscious doing that work. And so I would take walks. Mm -hmm. I, would, uh, I would actually watch a movie and try to think about something else. Yeah. And the, putting, the act of putting my consciousness somewhere else for a while yes. would allow the other stuff to work itself out. Definitely. I take walks every morning, seven days a week. And that's another way that I work through things, come up with new ideas or address something that's been bothering me. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, it, like it, wouldn't, it wouldn't occur to me if I was just sitting, but moving, something about moving. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So how long have you been at Chapman? Uh, this is my first year. I just finished, I uh, did my, my second semester. Fantastic. I left this this year, yeah. Phenomenal school. Yes. My, I, I went there oh. and I met my wife there too. So Aww. yeah, I got my MFA in screenwriting from Chapman. That's fantastic. How did you get involved in screenwriting? Um, I am from St. Louis, Missouri. And I, after I got done with my undergrad, I knew I wanted to be a screenwriter. And so I had a, a business at the time for a few years and I was trying to make a fortune before I came here so that I would have money to then make the movies I wanted to make but that business didn't work out the way I wanted to. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to apply it to, to grad school. And I had a really uh, wonderful playwright teacher from when I was in my undergrad days who really believed in me and helped me write my recommendation letter and then uh, got in. I feel really fortunate because um, my background was nothing to do with film. My oh, what was it? I was a philosophy major. Whoa, that's and a tough field. <laughs> and um, I had no background in it. And so I wrote what, I mean, uh, an essay and I did my interview to get into Chapman and it worked out really well. When I was in film school, I had a movie optioned. And then, like I said, I got to work at CA and then work at Disney. So it worked out well. That's incredible to go from philosophy, like philosophy, also the field of logic, like that kind of stuff. Um, there was part of that for my senior year, but more it was about existentialism. That was what I oh. focused on. Got it. Okay. I'm sorry. I have nightmares of taking logic at Syracuse. <laughs> oh, sure. 
It's hard. I could not get through that. No. It's very hard. I got, I got a, I had a wonderful opportunity to study abroad my junior year in London. So I studied mm -hmm. philosophy for the whole year. Um, and then when I came back, uh, for whatever reason, not all my credits uh, transferred like I had thought. And so I had to take a really big course load my last two semesters in college and logic was one of my classes. And that was one of the toughest classes I ever had to take. Yeah. Um, in a perfect world, I wouldn't have had to take all these classes at once and I could have focused on it. But I, I feel your pain. It, it's it was definitely rough. <laughs> yeah. Let's put it this way. I did not pass the first time and I spent the summer like studying and studying, studying. I got like a C plus the second time oh. around. It, it was that hard. Yeah. Some things just don't click. Sure. Absolutely. You know? Um, so tell me what your focus is at Chapman. Um, is it with, with undergrads? What, what are you teaching? Uh, both. I teach undergrads and grad students. Um, it's uh, writing for evolving media. And so we're talking about the, the new forms of content that are out there from writing for video games to web series uh, to virtual reality. Uh, okay. So my first semester, it, things were different second semester because we had to go remote. Uh, but first semester, we had a really interesting uh, guest who I had written about for a book on artificial intelligence. And he came in and did a virtual reality summit for my, my students and me. And it was great because we nice. got to collaborate on how would you create a concept for virtual reality? How would you create an experience? And we got to do it as a group. We couldn't do that the second semester because it really did require us to be in the same room. Sure. But um, that was awesome. And um, I, I think that that it's really neat what Chapman is doing. Um, when I got into Chapman, I mean, we, I was talking about my, my essay was about uh, writing a feature film, what, what my favorite movie was. Well, today the students um, aren't really thinking about feature films as much as they're thinking about, let's say, new forms of content, shorter content, streaming yes. content. And it's, it's really awesome that Chapman is embracing that. That's great. I actually love to write and I'm working on short features and things like that and um i struggled with the long ones the feature films but kind mm -hmm. of boiling down something you know with the arc in 30 pages is really interesting yeah and i think um i think it's misleading to think that it's, it's easier to do shorter stuff because right. i think if you have less time and less pages that can be equally as challenging right. but i think it also speaks to the way that people's attentions have changed um, Nowadays, I think it's very, harder, very hard for a person of a younger generation to stick with a full uh, you know, 90 minute movie, much less a movie by, let's say, Oliver Stone that's three, and a, three hours plus. Exactly. Uh, so being, being aware that the public's taste has changed and want shorter content is really an important skill to you know, get good at. So I've, I've been watching this show, All American, which I really love. I love the acting, the writing, everything. I don't know if you watch it, but... Um... That's an example. I think we all want like these 40 minute shows. We don't want to sit down for two and a half or hours or two hours. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, people's tastes are definitely changing. In fact, I help a lot of people write their books too. I don't just write books for other people, but I'm helping other people write their novels. And what I've told my clients, in fact, I told one last night, he had a chapter that was 6,500 words. And um, I told him that people, their tastes are very much being influenced by new media, uh, streaming especially. They want those shorter chapters. They want the fulfillment of, they finish the chapter before they go to sleep at night. But if you have a chapter that's 32 pages long, too long, people, 
it's, it's, we, we don't live in the days in which people would read Anna Karina cover to cover uh, because they had nothing else to do. They have plenty of other things competing for their attention. Right. What else would you like people to know about you, Michael? Um, well, I think I'd, I'd like people to know that I have my own podcast uh, called Changing the Story, and I'm a major proponent of storytelling to bring good to the world. Uh, my belief is that in a similar fashion to uh, JFK's moonshot speech, that if you put forth great visions, especially in the form of storytelling, then we as a people can begin to accomplish them. And I, I think we need more and more people who are putting forth great visions right now when, when things seem to be so bleak. Yes. You know, the um, one thing I would add to that is I think there's a need for very touching um, well-written, obviously, well-acted uh, stories. And I know a lot of people are probably tempted to write stuff about COVID, and, but um, coming up with shorter forms, you know, whether it's a pilot, whether it's a short film, that is very touching and relatable and diverse. We need definitely diverse content, diverse actors is really essential right now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So where can people find out more about you? Uh, you can look me up on my Forbes page. You just Google Michael Ashley and Forbes. Uh, I have about 30 articles there. My Amazon page, you can look at the books that I've written there. Uh, my, my own website is inkwordsmithsplural.com or find me on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram. And if they go to Chapman, they'll maybe have you as a professor. That's true. Absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you so much, Michael. This has been great. Thank you for having me.